0: This is the Sooner Sports Podcast. Your all-access pass to Sooner Sports. The Sooner Sports Podcast is presented by
2: Allstate. Are you in good hands? And by Riverwind Resort. Riverwind Resort, the place to be. Oh, mama, what a play. Now, here's your host, Chris Plank. All right, welcome into the Sooner Sports Podcast. My name is Chris Plank. Thank you so much for downloading. Again, SoonerSports.tv slash podcast. If you need the RSS feed, if you need Google Play, if you need Stitcher, whatever you use to facilitate your podcast needs, Apple, whatever, we have it all for you to download at SoonerSports.tv slash podcast. Or if you do it like me and just listen on your laptop, uh, it's all there. One easy place. And by the way, when you subscribe through iTunes, iTunes, Please leave a rating. Please leave a comment. We love to hear from you, and uh, obviously, we hope to continue to bring you great content, tons of great information, and all kinds of access that you wouldn't typically get, which is why today's podcast is so fun and so unique. As we tape this, the Sooners are getting ready to practice. That's right. Football is back. Uh, Our long summer of suffering for you all is over, and we get a chance to truly look at depth charts. And break down matchups and kind of debate and discuss what might be different in the Lincoln-Riley era as opposed to the Bob Stoops era. It is an exciting time to be a Sooner fan. And it's always interesting whenever you have – And we saw the South End Zone Bolden last year, so obviously fans that walked into the stadium are familiar with it, but it's a whole new approach for the players and for the coaches because you're no longer walking across the street to get to the locker rooms. The whole south end zone facility pretty much under complete uh, completed right now. Still a little uh, minor construction that's taking place. And I thought we'd go in depth on a couple of, I don't want to say unique features, but some inside features that might help you better understand the adjustment going from the temporary locker rooms to the new locker room. As a matter of fact, uh, Brad Camp's coming up. And when you hear the square footage difference and how they went about preparing three years ago, whenever they knew this was going to happen, I think it'll blow your mind. And then if you notice just off to the side, there is a practice field that's already down that's athletic turf, but that's not a practice field. That's an area where you can work on individual drills and whatever you feel like you need as a player to get ready for game day. But there is a brand new grass practice field that's being put in and I don't know for those that regularly listen to the OU Radio Network, I am always infatuated with learning more about turf, turf management, because I think it's such a crucial, sometimes overlooked element to game day success. So we kind of give you a behind-the-scenes look at the brand-new practice field that's being put in in the South End Zone facility at Gaylord Family Oklahoma Memorial Stadium as the Director of Fields Turf Management Jeff Salmon will join us on the show. So as we get ready for football, a couple of off-the-field issues to hopefully better educate ourselves and learn more about what 2017 brings from a facility perspective and a field perspective and an equipment perspective – for the Oklahoma Sooners. So, again, thanks for downloading. My name is Chris Plank. Jeff Salmon in moments. Brad Camp in moments. But a couple of other real quick notes before we wrap up. If you can't get enough Sooner football coverage, then we have you covered at Soonersports.com. Jessica Cootie will have... Practice reports every single day. Their first practice, as we mentioned, is later in the evening. So as we tape this on a Monday afternoon, the practice is coming up tonight. So Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and all the way until the opener against UTEP, we have you covered with practice reports. But let me give you a couple of hints. Make sure you are following at Sooner Sports TV and at OU underscore football. That is the best way to make sure you always have all of the latest practice information. And with that said, uh, sometimes there might be some things that show up on social media that don't necessarily end up making the website. So I cannot encourage you guys enough to make sure that you're following at Sooner Sports TV to get all of the practice information. And then one final note, Meet the Sooners Day coming up on Saturday morning. That's this Saturday. It's no longer something that's months away. It's days away, borderline hours away, and you can get all the information you need right now at Soonersports.com. What do you say we get after it? I I love the topic of turf, and it's not an act. It's not something that you kind of, as a sideline guy, go, oh, my gosh, what am I going to talk about? Oh, the field. I love it. I love learning about what works in certain areas of the country and what doesn't work, why maybe you go artificial turf as as opposed to natural grass. You know, Oklahoma is now one of only a handful of teams in the Big 12 that still are all natural surfaces, at least in places that we go. There's TCU, there's Iowa State, and there's Oklahoma. So as, as we've been watching the progression and the growth of this south end zone facility, I've seen so many questions about the practice field. So I dialed up. The man, the myth, the legend. I'm sure that you maybe probably have never heard him on the podcast before, but he definitely impacts every single game day. So I called up Jeff Salmon to kind of get the inside scoop on not just the new practice field, but also the off-season preparation for game day. Take me through what the undertaking is like putting in a new field like you're doing over with the new practice field by the new facility. What's – What's that process like, Jeff? How crazy involved is it?
1: Uh, that, the process for that started about two years ago. Uh, when we put together a kind of design that we wanted to do for those fields in the space that we had, um, we knew we were going to lose a little bit of space uh, due to the configuration of the new south end. And uh, we wanted to maximize uh, as much room as we could with a sand-based field system that we've installed, we basically are playing football just like on the game field. We're playing on a, on a golf green, so to speak, and, um, and to put the grass on it so it can drain. Um, uh, our drainage is uh, 23 to 24 inches of water an hour. Wow. And so that all starts with uh, the space that we have and uh, some of the s- scope that I had uh, put together and what we wanted to be able to do how we wanted to be able to configure fields in multiple different ways so that we could utilize the space the best way that we could. And that started with the design and then um, our architects uh, with Populous put the design together and uh, basically built it from the ground up. And that's what we had to start with um, starting back um, in in March. March.
2: I I know that, Whenever I ask a question like this, you might laugh and you say, you moron. But has this been turf? Has this been grass that's been growing and you get it from a farm somewhere, Jeff? Or is this something from another part of campus where you've been growing it and getting it ready for this process?
1: Yeah, the grass that we have um, uh, on the football practice fields uh, we actually started laying yesterday, laying the grass. Wow. And uh, we have uh, two fields that we're going to have. One's almost a full-length uh, practice field. The other one's a little bit shorter. As I mentioned, we had to shorten up one of the fields, and uh, that is a latitude 36 Bermuda grass. We have that uh, current variety of grass uh, on the football game field, on the soccer stadium field, softball field, and it's a good grass that has worked for us um, over the last uh, three or four years. Um, So that design starts two years ago uh, when we uh, uh, get our grower, which is in Bixby, Oklahoma. Oh, yeah. And it has he grows specifically that variety of grass that we're looking for. And uh we just work with him from there and get it ready and preparation to lay like we, we started yesterday.
0: So what, what
2: what's the debate like amongst uh turf management people like yourself? And I know that, you know, there's the professional organization, Jeff, that you're the president of at one point. Um what, what's the debate like, what's the conversation like about the different styles of grass and the different types of grass that you use? Is everyone pretty universal, or does everyone have different opinions of what works best?
1: Yeah, um, it depends on what part of the country you're in. Um, boy, Bermuda grasses are really starting to creep through the way north. Really? Because they're they're very traffic and drought tolerant, so to speak, um, variety, and they they. It's a great football grass. It's a great um, soccer grass. And that variety of grass that we currently use is being grown in Philadelphia. Um, the Philadelphia Union soccer MLS team, they have it. Um, the Eagles use it. Um, and it's gone all the way up to Columbus, Ohio. So people have really seen the benefits of a Bermuda grass and, and what it provides for a surface, playable surface. And the other part is the extremes that we go through, um, uh, throughout the country, we are in, the, are in the, considered the transition zone part of the country where we could be cool or we could be hot. <laughs> and um, we're, at, we're on the um, southern end of that transition zone, and people are taking this grass further north uh, past that transition zone. Um, also, what's, re, what's uh, to, to consider is the transition zone can be cold. Um, there's a, another variety of grass called uh, Tifway 419, which is predominantly a grass that's used um, in the south and the southeast. And uh, the grass that we currently use works better in the transition zone and has a cold tolerance that is able to make it through winters better. So that those are all the things that go into kind of select the grass that we want to grow.
2: Obviously, it's, it's an incredible facility, and to have that practice facility there with, with the, the grass field is a big deal. But Jeff, let's go inside Gaylord Family Oklahoma Memorial Stadium. What's this what's the process like for you when it comes to turf management and making sure the field is ready once the season wraps up, knowing that you're preparing for obviously as you mentioned a lot of uh, <laughs> a lot of different waves, you know, from a cold wave to potential snow to the incredible heat wave that we're going through. What's the process like for you to make sure and your crew to make sure the field is ready come the start of the season?
1: Sure, I I'll just take it to, to where we start uh, basically to get ready for uh, the season. We start immediately after our spring football game. Oh, wow. Preparing, preparing the field for the season to get it through the winter time, uh, planning our fertility and uh, our different um, materials that we use to, to make the great grass sustainable through the cold weather months um, and to be able to last through the, through the winter months and then be prepared for spring football. Um, so that takes a lot of time and planning, and, um, and also just the ability of us as, as field managers to see things that don't look right and, the, and to tweak those to, to make them adjust to how we want things to look. Um, so uh, we actually right after the spring game, we we're actually getting ready for commencement. So we have to get the field ready and make it presentable for commencement, and then we hit work all summer to get it prepared for the the season. And as we get towards the end of the season, we're preparing for winter. to make it through the winter and be prepared for spring football. Wow. So it's, um, it's only like a three-week lag time um, uh, in there, four-week lag time between the end of the bowl season, um, bowl game season, until we're actually starting to work on the field start about February 1st. And uh, be ready for spring football in March.
2: Is it a, is it a process when you go through heat like this, Jeff? Is that type of turf? Is that kind of grass that we use because it can handle the heat so much? Do you find your? I mean, is it a is it a major watering process? Is it a, is it a matter of trying to keep things uh, wet during the summer? I mean, what's the biggest challenge with the heat for the field?
1: Bermuda uh, grass loves the heat.
2: Ah, okay. So,
1: uh, we actually do not, have, we do not have too many fertility inputs, um, nitrogen, so to speak, because the grass is growing so well on its own through the, through the, through the summer months. We're actually on a, a very much a organic uh, fertility program, mm-hmm. um, and we use those uh, uh, elements and those nutritional things to help feed the plant, uh, keep the good color. Um, we've actually found that. We can actually get the grass too dense if we provide too much fertility to it. But uh, you think that would be a bad thing. But um, it can it can be detrimental to uh, the way we have the field like performance-wise. And uh, we're about a month out um, until our first game. And so uh, there's still a few things that we'll do even before our first scrimmage. Um, and, and so that we're ready for our first game uh, come September 2nd. What is... And the uh, Norman-Norman-North game uh, just
3: before that.
2: What is it about the the field in the stadium that allows it to drain water so well? I mean, and and we've been challenged, Jeff, over the last couple of years from uh, obviously the rain we had during the Bedlam game to uh, to, to the Ohio State game to going back even a couple of years ago, the Kansas game. I mean, a certain amount of of rain is always going to affect footing in most situations, but it doesn't seem like it does. What is it that allows that field to be so good despite – Uh, a lot of the rain that it's seen over the past couple of years in big games.
1: This field was uh, built back in 1994, and uh, it was built with a drainage system. Uh, The drainage system collects a network of piping that's underneath the field. um, uh, Above that is a a gravel layer, and above that is a 10-inch sand layer, or root zone. And we grow the grass from sod uh, right on the top, and it grows through, and the roots hold everything together, and... um, Provides a durable service on top, and then it's our airification processes throughout the summer months and even uh, some processes uh, less aggressive that we do during the season to help provide those uh, drainage methods to get through the sand uh, and th- through the sand quickly. Um, as you were evident, uh, we, we, we had Samazi some- <laughs> on P- 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 a number of years ago, uh, Kansas ran for 427 yards in the downpour rain the whole game
2: yeah.
1: um and we didn't have one slip in the whole game but maybe one um dd westbrook last year stopped on a dime after it had been raining for the whole game uh those are the those are the wins for us as field managers when we know that we've not only provided uh, an aesthetically pleasing field but it performs like it does in those situations and uh Sometimes you just get
2: lucky. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Jeff, I know you're busy. Two more quick ones and I'll let you go. First, yes, sir. again, practice starts on Monday. I know that they'll still be over the rugby fields, but do you have a date whenever you think the fields are going to be ready uh, outside of the new practice facility? Or, excuse me, outside of the new South End Zone facility? When's your When's your date when you're hoping to have everything ready to go there?
1: We'll, uh, we'll let the grass tell us when it's ready. Ah, nice. <laughs> it's uh, – we're not gonna get, uh, you know, be, be, be too pre- premature in uh, putting uh, practices out there uh, on it. Uh, you know, we practice on it four days a week, and so we want to make sure that we have the best footing, best surface possible uh, for our football players to, to practice on each and every day. And so we're gonna give it give it some time and see how it progresses, uh, and then and, and then we'll go we'll go from there.
2: And then I'll let you go on this. I'm always and, and I won't name any stadiums by name, but uh, obviously I always watch it closely whenever we go on the road and especially for grass fields. And you'll go out and you'll kind of move around a little bit and get a good feel for what? What are you looking for whenever you're walking around? I know there's nothing you can do to help because it's not your field, but when you're on the road, what kind of are you looking for in these grass fields to maybe give feedback to coaches?
3: Um,
1: uh, one might be the length of grass. That the grass is a little bit longer, um, and so there's there's a lot more plant material that's there for for the for the players and and how they might be able to cut cut and turn uh, differently. Um, that might be one uh, situation. Uh, grass like we play on at Iowa State is Bermuda uh, blue bluegrass, Kentucky bluegrass, and it has a naturally has a higher growth habit, taller growth habit than we do for Bermuda grass, um, which we, we mow well below an inch. And so, you know, those kind of grasses, uh, you see, um, you can you can tell, what, you know, how the footing is going to be, um, what the player might have to do differently, and their approach. But uh, for the most part, you know, everywhere that we go, that everybody's going to have the quality of field um, that we that we do here, even at Oklahoma, because that's the pride of our of our industry uh, is providing the best aesthetically playing field and looking field um, for anybody to play on. So. Um, so, in a nutshell, there um, there's not a whole lot I can do. Like you said, I can do uh, on the day of the game, um, but uh, for the most part, I would say a field managers across the country are going to provide a very competitive field to play on. And just, just believe it or not, we actually play on two grasses throughout the season. We play on a Bermuda grass through the early part of the season, then we overseed it um, towards the end of September and we provide a, a, a ryegrass. We oversee it with ryegrass to provide the green color for the rest of the season and into the spring.
2: Man, so you're like nonstop working is basically what you're saying, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, and both grasses perform differently and nutrient-wise and uh, um, agronomically-wise. So you have to know how to, to manage both of them um, uh, throughout throughout the football season.
2: Now there's some inside stuff for you. And obviously it's at times it's like, wow. And I think I'm a turf expert because my yard looks good. Uh Uh-uh, another level. Thanks to Jeff Samoth for joining us. Great information as always. Okay, let's take you inside the locker room. Let's take you inside the equipment room. You won't find a better group of people than the guys that are involved on the equipment side of things for the Sooners. And I'm not just saying that because Brad Camp is coming up here in just a bit. But you go up and down the list. they got great guys like Blake Kinsey who have been over there working. I mean, Greg Tipton, the guy who oversees it all. It's probably, hands down, one of the nicest group of guys and some of the hardest-working people, and I might add, at times, sometimes the most underappreciated guys whenever it comes to making sure that safety comes first, to make sure that uh, anything that's broken is fixed, to make sure that the team is ready to go. The work that goes in game day uh, and in 365, I think, will blow you away as we had a chance to catch up with uh, the man, the myth, the legend, Brad Camp, to talk a little bit about the equipment side of this move for the Sooners, from the temporary facility to the new facility. What's the move been like? What's that process been like for you, and uh, has it gone about as you planned and as you expected?
3: Uh, The plan actually went, the move went went pretty smooth. Um, Now we we we've been, we knew it was coming for months, so as, as we wrapped up spring ball, we were able to, Get a lot of things packed up and and ready to move and and honestly, whenever we moved out of here, you know, two years ago, we and working out of the trailers, and out of pods, and a couple of different areas, we kind of had boxed things to be able to be moved back back in. So that way to you know to help the transition and that kind of just worked out of that that space that way for that that those couple of years just to you know just we knew it's temporary space. We wanted to you know kind of you know treat treat it that way and and get back in. It, it took us. You know, just the equipment room and and locker rooms. Um, it took us it took us a good two weeks to get everything, get everything moved back in, and, and we had that time in late May to do that, when the athletes uh, had had gone gone home for for break after after the spring semester ended, and and had everything you know ready to roll, and some workout came came up quick right, right after that, but it did all it all ended up ended up pretty well, and everybody's. Had a great attitude about it and, and been really flexible with you know anything that any challenges and things that, that we've had that have, that have come up. So we definitely appreciate everybody's um, attitude toward, with with that.
2: And as someone who's in the middle of a move, I'm moving like basically two miles down the street from my old house. Brad, you guys were moving across the street, so <laughs> obviously I don't know. There's I don't know if there's some ease in that or if it made it more challenging. But how much? How smart were you about being, hey, this is temporary, when you were in the temporary facility? In other words, did you probably have, I don't want to put a percentage on it, but obviously, I don't want to say you held back anything, but kind of what went into, hey, we need this, we don't need this, we need this now, this can wait a couple of years?
3: Well, we we really kind of just, as, as we packed and kind of looked up into our space, and we had, you know, we we in our old facility, we had about 6,000 square feet. And the trailers we moved into about 2,000 square feet. Oh, you know, oh wow! You know, you know, you know ra- round peg in a in a in a in a square hole, right? It doesn't doesn't always or you know doesn't doesn't always work right. But and then we moved back into about 9,000 square feet. You know, so it's just you know just kind of you know one one way back back to the other. But as we moved over, you know, we really just streamlined everything. We had several pods full stuff, and we had I mean we had a plan for every pod for where, where everything went. Bought shelving for those, you know, put everything in there, kept kept things or, organized in there and And it was pretty easy because some of those pods you know we barely touched for two years it was, <laughs> it was the stuff you know we we had we had things that that we knew we needed and and we kept kind of kept what we could fit in in the trailers you know pretty streamlined and and pretty low low inventory um on there but you know the the pods we worked as their overflow for everything else, but you know we did we did also go up to the pods you know some of my staff would go out there almost every day for one for one thing or another, so you know it was a constant constant uh struggle to you know keep keep that up and make sure everything you know was was on the shelf and and easily accessible which and it wasn't always you know there are there a lot of times where, hey practicing start hey we're out of this shoe i've got i've got to i've got to run out got run out there and grab stuff you know but that you know we knew that was life what life was, was going to be for two years we just had the attitude of okay that's just what it is and is we're gonna make it work and 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 we did
2: it's awesome uh, i i would imagine now looking back and one final time to look back brad from a you know in celebrating the Big 12 championship win over Oklahoma State it was cool to see everyone go into what is now the new locker room because i don't think anyone realizes not just from a player's perspective but from a support uh, everything for the athletic trainers was was in the mobile locker rooms if you will I, I can't even imagine now looking back that you even believe it went as smooth as it did right
3: no it, no it, and there was a lot of planning into that i mean so yeah. in, and that and i'm not you know i don't it's been Total months, obviously, and slept and moved quite a bit since then. Um, and there was, so there was, a lot of planning. went into that I don't remember everything that that went into it. But you know, just so you know, obviously everybody being happy, we won, so you know, had it, had <laughs> You know, maybe not quite gone right. No, nobody complained because we just won, we just won the conference championships. It wasn't a big deal. <laughs> so that, <laughs> that 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 always, that always helps. <laughs>
2: <laughs> That's the best way to look at it ever. What's been the biggest advantage to the new facility for you guys? Is it just a space issue?
3: Uh, the biggest advantage for us, yeah, is, is spacious. Space, uh, the space issue. I mean, we, we've had, and that we we took, you know, years of designing this, you know, for, you know the the facility, the, the equipment room, especially with with my staff. And you know, we, you know, we you know, we sat down with with our uh, with our group from, uh, from Southwest Solutions, Space Savers, and we drew. I mean, we drew out every every shelf where everything was going. Wow. Every, so whenever so whenever we moved in, we had that plan. Of this is where everything is going, and, and there's obviously a couple of things, and you know, all that shifted here and here and there. But I mean, majority, of, vast majority of everything went right where we we had planned it. You know, and and we did had some pretty specialized storage that that we that we created, and, and we actually invented a couple couple of different things that the companies that company is using now um... Start using uh, that you know for other sports, other other schools. They start you know keep keep selling things, and that's kind of how how the process works. You know you check out with other schools and 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 see what they were doing. You know we we went up and looked at Oklahoma State. They've got a you know eighteen thousand foot square equipment room and you know massive storage systems and and space, and kind of saw how they how they had things laid out. We checked out Notre you know we you know, we were at Notre Dame in 2013. We had checked them out. We had had sent plans, had plans sent to us to Texas a and Arkansas. You know, Nebraska some school that had recently done done projects and kind of saw what what they were doing and and kind of just cherry pick some stuff and see how things worked for us and and change things on on how on how we liked it and and it's been it's been really really pretty good. It has it's been the space has been been great to be able to work in.
2: How how open is everyone? I mean, everyone has their their trade secrets, if you will. But Brad, I was I was talking with Jeff Salmon about just the industry and obviously sharing ideas as far as turf management is concerned from an equipment perspective and the creation you know I think back to the ESPNU piece whenever you were showing everyone kind of how you had the wheels and how it would open up all of the different cabinets to help you store things is it a big idea sharing thing between a lot of the equipment managers and, and different ideas across the country or are there a lot of things that some people like to keep to themselves
3: I don't think there's a whole lot that we try keeping to ourselves. I mean, we're all we're all doing the same job. We all we all face a lot, you know, a lot of the same struggles and and and, and challenge. You know, challenge of 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 space and, and organization is is always there. And and you know, I'm not saying there's not some some people who who may have that attitude. But you know, the way I the way I've always viewed it is, hey, we're all in this together. You know, we're all we're all in the same industry. And there's no reason we can't help each other out and awesome. and, and give some ideas. We had. Um, we actually hosted our, our big total equipment managers association meeting in Oklahoma city this year because of the construction getting, getting done here and took everybody through and, you know, everybody loved the stadium and locker room and, you know, and check, check everything out. But, you know, I mean, everybody kind of nerded out when they came into the <laughs> equipment room and, you know, and, <laughs> and you know, and asking a thousand different questions. Hey, you know, well, why did you decide to do this? Why did you decide to do that? And all these questions at at the guys, at Kansas, like, Hey, you know what, we're going to, you know, we've got stuff coming up that we're looking at doing and you know, we're, we're going to come back down here sometime next year and, I really want to take some time, you know, and spend a day and really kind of going going through some things. Like we've never thought thought about, thought about doing some certain things this way. So, you know, it's it's it, it's great. You know, it's it's great that that you know that, and especially in our conference, you know, we've got a you know, everybody gets along really well. Um, so that that definitely helps. And with idea sharing and and everything, and and coming um, you know, spent some time in the NFL and 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 my staff had spent uh, Adam Wentworth had been Seattle Seahawks recently before he came here, and and uh, I spent time at, at Illinois in the, in the Big Ten. I mean, so you've got a lot of friendships still from, the, from those those guys and, and started at him and, and we used that, used, used those connections to talk to those guys. Cause he had some stuff from, you know, Seattle had some really cool stuff. That they had done construction whenever he was working up there. And, and we, we stole some ideas from them. And, I mean, it just, just kind of all, all came together re- really well. There's, there's, there's Most people are pretty open in our profession and, and want to be able to help, help each other out.
2: What – and obviously this might be a subjective thing, but from your perspective, what's going to be the biggest change for the players? And obviously they've had a chance to be in it for a little bit. We've seen some of the social media postings from guys working out in there, and obviously that's a huge thing. But, Brad, from your perspective, what do you see as being the biggest difference for the players in this new facility?
3: Well, it'd be a, it'd be just, for them, it's just going to be space and just, yeah. you know – it's just just being state of the art. I mean, those those, tra- those trailers were fine fine for what they were, but everybody was on top of each other. So you know, people actually be able to get out and re- relax a little bit and ha- have some more space. And I think. Enjoy being around the facility a little more. You know the the open before we had construction. You know the guys were in the locker room and they hung out there quite a bit. Um, you know the with the trailers. You know they weren't around nearly as much just because there was you know it wasn't comfortable. You know it wasn't it wasn't a lot of space for them to kind of you know, kick out and hang out and 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 do all that stuff. And you know, they were in and out of there a lot quicker than than they typically are. You know and and this summer these guys have been been loving the space. You know they're. They're sleep on the couches in the lounges already but you know before they go to class or between class different things it's just it just i think the biggest thing then is just you know it you know, it it's feeling like home again and, and and you know back back where they need to be
2: hey real quick before i let you go what's a typical schedule like for you when camp starts on monday you guys doing the early morning thing or uh, is it a little bit more laid back is it a little different now
3: um nope it's uh, pretty much all day it's going to be uh, <laughs> you know but I mean but that's i mean we're here all day every day anyway so you know right. it's just it just add, just adding practising in the mix right now for us is you know is really all it is. So you know, gearing up and just, you know, having having some fun with it and, and getting outside get, getting out out in the heat instead of sitting here in the air conditioning and, and organizing and, and planning and preparing for, for camp to start and for, you know, getting ready for media day and you know, meet Sooners Day and, and getting ready for UTEP and, and everything. So, you know, it's just you know, we're here we're here regardless of, of whether we're practicing or not. So, you know, it's just just part of the process and, and making sure everything rolls in the right direction.
2: So there you have it. Obviously, we went real inside today, right? Talking turf, talking equipment. But I'm always fascinated with these kinds of topics. And to me, I think there are angles that sometimes get overlooked as fans. You know, it's not just a magic trick. That game day happens as flawlessly as it does every single day week. So thanks to Brad. Thanks to Jeff. And thanks to you guys for listening. Hey, coming up on Thursday's edition of the Sooner Sports Podcast, uh, taping Thursday, dropping late Thursday night into Friday morning. We'll look back on the first four days of practice and kind of get a little bit of perspective on what we've learned. Jessica Cootie's is going to join us and we'll hear from Joe Castiglione. Joe C, as maybe if, if you download this early on Tuesday morning, Joe C is sitting in with Toby Rowland on his local radio show in Norman. And we're going to bring you some of the highlights of that coming up on friday's podcast until then everyone have a great week enjoy football being back and boomer sooner everybody
0: this has been the sooner sports podcast make sure to get
2: all the latest episodes online right now at sooner sports.tv
0: slash podcast and make sure to follow us on twitter at ou on the air